This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. As always, good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And last night at Lone Depot Park, the Marlins opened up the briefest of two-game homestands with their first of two against the Los Angeles Angels. Sandy Alcantara went opposite of Noah Syndergaard. And with the recap, as always, here is Glenn Geffner. Well, the Marlins streak on. It is six in a row after a 2-1 victory over the Los Angeles Angels tonight here in Miami. A 5-2 road trip for the Marlins. Now they come home for these two against L.A. And with Sandy Alcantara dominant on the mound tonight, a couple of solo home runs were enough for Miami. Marlins win this one 2-1. Alcantara pitching against Noah Syndergaard. Syndergaard, who we watched for six years as a member of the Mets, pitching for the Angels here in 2022 and both pitchers were hanging zeros early on in this game Sandy struck out the first two batters VR and Trout in the first inning got Otani to ground out a 1-2-3 start to his night the Marlins threatened in the first against Syndergaard Joy Wendell leadoff double with one out Jesus Aguilar reached on an error by the second baseman Luis Renjifo and when Aguilar stole second base his first major league steal in 701 games all time. The Marlins had second and third, but Avi Garcia struck out. Jesus Sanchez a fly ball to left, and we were through one with no score. Sandy worked to one, two, three, second. Then in the third inning, Alcantara struck out Max Stassi looking. He got Brandon Marsh swinging, and he jumped ahead of Andrew Velasquez. One, two to Velasquez. Is in there for strike three called. Sandy strikes out the side in the third. He's got five Ks already, and he's retired each of the first nine Angels batters he's faced. You had a feeling early on that Sandy was as good tonight as we have seen him at any time this year and maybe as at any time in his Marlins career. And it might not take a lot of run support for Sandy in this ball game. He finally got some in the bottom of the third inning with two outs and nobody on. Garrett Cooper was the batter against Noah Syndergaard. 3-2, Cooper, fly ball, well hit, left center. Trout racing back toward Autonation Alley, and that ball is gone. It's a home run for Garrett Cooper. Just got it out, and the Marlins go up 1-0 in the third. Garrett Cooper, number six on the season. Well, Sandy would retire the side in order in the fourth inning. In the top of the fifth, he got Taylor Ward in a ground ball to third. He got Jared Walsh on a ground ball to third into the shift. And at that point, he had retired the first 14 consecutive Angels hitters. Luis Renjifo then lined a clean single into right field. And the Angels had their first base run of the night. Renjifo would steal second and then go to third base on an errant throw from the catcher, Jacob Stallings. But when Max Stassi struck out the seventh Alcantara K through five innings, we were halfway through this game with the Marlins still leading 1-0. In the bottom of the fifth, they would extend the lead. One out, nobody on for Brian De La Cruz. The 0-1 to De La Cruz is blasted to left. Marsh is going back on the run, on the track, at the wall. Goodbye, home run. Brian De La Cruz 
Waited till the 10th to go deep yesterday in Washington. Does it in the fifth here tonight, and it's 2-0 Miami. Oh, baby, Dela Cruz gets a slider out over the plate. And at that point, you feel like that might be plenty, the way Sandy was cruising along in this ballgame. The fifth inning was Syndergaard's final inning. He allowed the two runs on five hits, didn't walk anybody, set a new season high with eight strikeouts tonight, gave up those two solo homers. Cooper in the third, De La Cruz in the fifth. Syndergaard was done after 92 pitches, 62 strikes. Sandy set down the side one, two, three in the sixth inning. He took a 2-0 lead into the seventh. Mike Trout led off with a ground ball deep into the hole at shortstop. Miguel Rojas slid onto the outfield grass to field the ball. He got up as quickly as he could, threw onto first on the bounce. Trout beat it out, an infield single. It was a close play. It was a tremendous effort by Miggy, but the Angels had their second hit. Shohei Otani then to the plate representing the tying run. He hit into a fielder's choice. Trout was a race at second base, one to six. Trout was on at first base. He stole second. Then Tyler Ward hit a fly ball to the warning track in center field that Sanchez ran down for the second out. Otani advanced to third, and with the Marlins clinging to a 2-0 lead, Sandy faced Otani at third base, two outs, seventh inning, and Jared Walsh, the hitter. The 1-2 to Walsh. Foul tip, Stallings hangs on, and Sandy is through seven with a two-hit shutout. Walsh down on strikes. It's Alcantara's eighth punch-out of the ballgame. Time to stand. In the eighth, Luis Renjifo went down swinging, leading things off. Strikeout number nine. Max Stassi then went down swinging on Sandy's 103rd pitch of the game, 100.6 miles per hour. Stassi struck out for the second out. That was the 10th Alcantara strikeout in the game. It's his eighth career game with 10 or more strikeouts. His second of this season, Alcantara struck out. 14 in Atlanta on May 28th. That was over eight innings. And with two outs, nobody on in the eighth. Brandon Marsh batted for the Angels. Looking for number 11. 1-2. He's not going to get it. Bouncer instead to first base. Oh, it stayed down, but Aggie stayed down. Makes the play. Takes it to the bag himself. And Sandy works a 1-2-3 top of the eighth inning. He's got a two-hit shutout through eight dazzling innings against the Angels here tonight. 107 pitches, 77 strikes. Sandy, an 11th straight start of seven or more innings pitched. The first major league pitcher to do that since Rick Porcello in 2016 when he won the Young Award with the Boston Red Sox. The last longer streak, 17 straight starts, seven more innings by Clayton Kershaw in route to the most recent of his three Young Awards back in 2014. So if Sandy goes seven-plus next time out Sunday against the Mets, he would have the longest run of seven-inning starts since the 2014 season. Now, the Marlins in the bottom of the eighth loaded the bases with one out. There was a pitching change. It was a long half inning. They went up not scoring when Brian Anderson hit into a 5-2-3 double play, stranding a pair in the eighth. But as that inning dragged on, Tanner Scott got up in the bullpen, and Don Mattingly made the decision that Sandy's night would be over after eight. Two hits, no runs, no walks, 10 strikeouts, 107 pitches, 77 strikes. He lowers his season ERA to 1.82. There were a lot of reasons why it makes sense to 
pull Sandy after eight in this game. Certainly the heavy workload that he's had throughout the season and especially of late with no days off for the Marlins and a career-high number of pitches in his most recent start against St. Louis and the length of that bottom of the eighth. A lot of reasons to justify it, but in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, wait a minute, is there anybody they can bring in to pitch the ninth inning who you trust as much as Sandy Alcantara? And unless that guy's name is Rivera or Hoffman, the answer is probably going to be no. And in the bottom of the ninth, the Angels, liberated by a pitching change, finally showed some life offensively. Tanner Scott came on looking for his 10th save of the season. Pinch hitter Michael Stefanik, who had gone 0-3 in his big league debut Sunday in Houston, singled his first major league hit. And just like that, the Angels brought the tying man to the plate with nobody out in the top of the ninth inning. Jonathan Villar struck out for the first out. Then you got the big boys, Trout and Otani. Trout worked a walk on four pitches. Suddenly the tying men were on. The go-ahead man was at the plate in the person of Otani, but he also worked a walk. So now the bases were loaded. You had the tying man at second, the go-ahead man at And the Angels were down to their final swing, their last chance. Jared Walsh. The pitch is lined to center again. Sanchez comes on. Sanchez makes the catch to end the ball game. And the Marlins hang on for a 2-1 win. It wasn't easy. It never is. Sandy Contra was magical tonight. Eight innings of two-hit shutout ball. Didn't walk anybody. He strikes out 10 through 107 pitches and lowering his season ERA to 1.82 for Miami's six straight wins. The Marlins are within one game of 500 for the first time since May 7th when they were 13 and 14. They have beaten the Angels in a thriller tonight. 2-1 here at Lone Depot Park. For the Marlins, a sixth straight win in a game decided by just one run. Held on for dear life and got it done. The win for Sandy, the save for Tanner Scott. Fun night of baseball. I remember early on we were talking about all the Marlins' struggles in those one-run games this year. They have the most one-run losses in all of Major League Baseball, 17 of them. But by now winning their last six consecutive one-run decisions, they've improved to 14 and 17. They've now played more one-run games than anybody. They've won 14. They've lost 17 with this 2-1 victory over the Angels here tonight. For Miami, two runs, eight hits, one error, seven left. For the Angels, a run, three hits, two errors. They leave four on base. Sandy Alcantara, the winning pitcher, nine and three. Noah Syndergaard, the loser, 5-7. and seven. Tanner Scott, his 10th save of the season. Time of the ballgame was 2 hours, 47 minutes. The Marlins with the victory have won 6 in a row overall. They've won 8 of their last 10 here at home. They improved to 39-40 and 40 on the season, 20-16 and 16 in their home ballpark. As for the Angels, their bats quiet again as they lose a fourth straight to start this road trip. They're now 10-28 beginning May 25th after that 27-17 start. 10 and 28 since on this road trip. Three games in Houston, one game in Miami, four losses. They've scored a total of four runs on 11 hits. That's in four complete games. Four runs on 11 hits. They've hit 094, and they have struck out in more than half of their at-bats. They've got 59 strikeouts in 117 at-bats on this road trip. And tonight they are held to run in three hits in falling to 37-45 overall, 16-22 on the road. 2-1, the Marlins 
over the L.A. Angels, Alcantara the hero on the mound, Cooper and De La Cruz, both with solo home runs, both with their sixth long ball of the season as the Marlins get it done again. And with a win tomorrow night, would match their longest winning streak of the year, a seven-gamer between April 23rd and April 30th. The Marlins and Nation partnering again this year to strike out cancer in our communities. Every time Marlins pitcher records a strikeout this season, $25 be donated to Nation's Driving Initiative to support cancer research. Tonight, 11 strikeouts, 10 by Alcantara, 1 by Tanner Scott. 11 strikeouts, meaning $275 to Nation's Driving Initiative for the season now, 693 Ks, $17,325 from the Marlins to Auto Nation's Drive Pink initiative. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging in fact wasabi is up to 80 percent less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from wasabi's ai enabled intelligent media storage wasabi air to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals data deletion and ransomware wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Well, Sandy paints another masterpiece. Eight shutout innings of two-hit ball. The Marlins are now 39-40. and 40. Before we hear from Don Mattingly, let's step aside for a quick commercial break. Back with you on Marlins Rewind. Let's hear from Marlins manager Don Mattingly after his ball club improved to 39-40. and 40. Just one game back of 500 after another gem from Sandy Alcantara last night. That was yes. fun. Uh, skip, uh, exciting, maybe too exciting. Mm, uh, Sixth straight win. Uh, how about your thoughts on the way it went and, and the finish? Well, well, the way it went, I'm happy with the way it went. Um, obviously, San Diego, you know, once again, really, really good. Maybe as good as we've kind of seen him. His stuff was really good tonight. Um, and kind of the same old thing, right, uh, with him. And just to be able to get those runs, I wish we would have got a couple more there in the eighth when we had a chance. Uh, but other than that, a lot of Sandy. Did you t- did you toy at all with if you don't get any runs, potentially sending them out, or were you convinced after eight that was enough for tonight? No, I kind of had him going back out. We, you know, I really initially said I'm going to take him out after eight, uh, where his pitch count was. Mel, Mel's like this guy's cruising. He's he's still good, and. Um, so we we kind of looked at it like a couple of hitters or hitter by hitter. We weren't going to let him get in trouble. Uh, but then as the eighth got extended 
and it got long and a pitching change. And at that point, it's like, I'm not going to let him sit there for, you know, 15, 20 minutes and try to go back out at the end of the night. And um, <clears throat> it's a hard one. And Sandy's always hard because he's always kind of your best guy, you know, no matter where you're at. Um, but, you know, we have internal discussions about Sandy, and, and, you know, Kim and I have talked about, you know, this guy's at that number almost every time out. <clears throat> and we got to think about winning long haul for, for not only his career, but really this year. You know, you're going to need Sandy all year long. And if we go break him here, you know, just pushing him every time he goes out there. And it's not pushing him because he wants to be there, right? So, but I think that's where, you know, I have to make decisions that are based on keeping this guy healthy, what's best for him, uh, you know, in the long run for his career, uh, and then for the organization as well. So did you go back to Sandy sometime during that bottom of the eighth? Not let Mel do that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, during that, when we start getting, when they start making pitch and change, yeah. when they made the pitch and change, I was like, Mel, we got we to gotta turn the other way. And uh, I know, again, it's a hard one, and, you know, and then it starts off with the ball down the line, you know, and it's, it you know, it's kind of nerve-wracking because you know the, the questions you're going to get in that situation but again I think that's where for me I have to stick to my base like player first right I got to take care of Sandy and his career uh, I got to help take care of the, you know the organization from that standpoint and I can't let this guy just keep pushing and pushing all the time right and um, so it's a tough call if it, if it goes bad in the ninth you have to answer questions but I think that's just what you got to wear as a manager with that, just how tricky is it too? Because he doesn't have very many stressful innings, but it's still the up downs that he has. To. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're worrying about the up downs so much uh, at this point. It's just he's starting to get the volume of you know pitches every time. So it's like we let him go to what one sixteen last time or or seventeen. He's at seven in this one, and usually you, you look at like fifteen in innings. So you're you're over one twenty, and and in today's game, you know you're just one of those things you talk about and um, again I think you said to look at his career and look at his health is is important but it was it was nice tonight uh, to get a win uh, I'm, I'm glad there were a lot of people here right it was a it was a good crowd to watch him it should be that way every time he pitches and I, I know there was a lot of stuff going on uh, with the other club too I mean you get to come see see trout you know one of the best players of, of our generation um, and Otani and the whole thing but Sandy's a show every time he pitches and should be should be getting where he's that guy that that brings extra people here. It's like his, his length and his endurance is kind of what makes him so unique in baseball right now. Just how, how do you kind of explain that where everyone else it feels like is eight is a rarity and for him it's like every start it feels I, like. I know it's I think part of it is that he's not after like he's after outs and like getting deep into the game for his team. It's not about strikeouts. And if you're chasing strikeouts all the time, you're using more pitches, you know, we're, I think he's just as happy when they go, go first pitch swinging and, and he gets an out out of it. So, uh, and then his training is just over the top. I mean, he trains to do what he's doing. And I've talked about this a lot lately uh, with him, but he does. He, he puts time in that he trains to a level that, and quite honestly, our other pitchers 
probably don't do. Pablo's right getting close, right? And maybe Pablo's there, but the other guys are going to need to learn. If you want to be like this dude or you want to be great, there's a level you got to go to. And Sandy's willing to go to that level, and that's what's so, you know, so special about him. Is that the type of leadership that you were kind of praising two years ago when you said that he... Sandy don't have to say a word. Yeah. Right, he really doesn't. And he doesn't say a lot. Sandy doesn't have to say a word because if this is your dude and if you're going to... This is an example of how you go about your business, then this that's all the leadership he has to do. Right, he don't have to say a word. What have you learned about Tanner Scott, who's become your closer? I mean, he's worked out of a couple of issues on multiple occasions, probably a little uneasy, but he's had the guts to get out of some of these things. Another dramatic question. You're digging down. That's two in a row. Two nights in a row. I've learned that he makes me nervous, number one. Um, no, I mean, I think Tanner, I think why we think he can handle that role is because he doesn't, like, You know, I think he's just kind of like just off enough to be good for that role because things don't seem to bother him. Uh, you know, I mean, he gets a little scattered now and then, but he gets back in the zone. But I think that's why I like about him about that role is that nothing seems to really bother him at the end of the day. Sandy was great, but Aggie got his first career stolen base. Um, <laughs> was that his first career? Yeah. First one since 2014. Got one in Venezuela. You looked that up. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Did anyone remember that? Hmm. You got the green light now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's always a little yellow. Caution. Caution. What was the uh, the atmosphere in the dugout, or just vibe? You know, it's not often. Obviously, they still space. But. Oh, I didn't. Not not crazy. At least at, at our end. You know, uh, the other end may have been, but. Uh, Yeah, not crazy. Sandy Alcantara was phenomenal. The Marlins win. That was Don Mattingly. And we will wrap up this two-game homestand tonight at 640 when Trevor Rogers goes opposite of Shohei Otani. We'll hit the air at 610 with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you'll find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.